0: Welcome to Winning is Not Everything, where we bring sanity back to youth sports by focusing on character development, effort, and sportsmanship, not rankings and trophies. I'm your host, Sean Jensen, former NFL reporter, children's book author, and youth sports coach. Awards bearing the names of football coaching legends like Tom Landry and Don Chula aren't just given away to anyone. So why has Randy Allen received so many notable honors? In part two of our conversation with him, the head football coach at Highland Park High School in Dallas breaks down his team's six core values and how he emphasizes character development to players in his program. What are we waiting for? Team Snap is the presenting sponsor of the Winning Is Not Everything podcast. As an all-in-one youth sports management app, TeamSnap helps take the stress out of coaching, letting you spend more time with your team and less time organizing. As a coach, I love to track the real-time RSVPs, which lets me prepare for each training session and I love to post scouting reports and discussion topics. As a parent, I appreciate being able to sync my kids' schedules directly into my calendar and use the Team Chat feature for timely updates on where to meet and park. Download the TeamSnap app in your mobile app store or visit TeamSnap.com winning for more information. Over four decades, Randy Allen has coached boatloads of talented players, including reigning Super Bowl champion Matthew Stafford of the Los Angeles Rams. Along the way, he's earned many honors as well. So it's hard to ignore the names on some of the awards he's received, like Tom Landry and Don Shula. Now those outside Texas may not know the name Grant Taft, but winning the Grant Taft Fellowship of Christian Athletes Lifetime Achievement Award reinforces that Coach Allen not only has won games, but changed many, many lives. In part two of our conversation with the coach, you will hear how he has been so impactful and what keeps him going. Let's get to it. You coach at such a powerful program that's so well-known throughout the state. It's one of the top, if not the top, state in football. I'm sure a lot of players have felt that they were going to go to the NFL. How do you deal with that with expectations versus reality? Because I'm sure you've had thousands of players who thought, like Matthew Stafford, that they were going to play in the NFL.
1: Yeah, expectations are hard nowadays, especially uh, guys that want to play college football. There are fewer scholarships because of the transfer portal. We've got some really fine football players that early were offered but didn't accept, thought they'd look around, and now that scholarship that they were offered has been taken by a transfer portal guy. And so I just think it's harder to be elite now and go to that next level because of the limited number of scholarships. And then the expectations, you know, you, <laughs> quarterback's a tough position to coach in high school or college or anything else. Because my thinking is you got if you have one quarterback, you know, you've got a great quarterback, but there can only be one. And so what you see in Dallas is that if a guy's not number one quarterback, he's an underclassman, he'll move to some other school where he can play or can start. Right. And they don't want to sit on the bench and wait their turn and learn the system. The best example of a guy that did wait and uh, he's now playing at Hawaii, Braden Shager. He played behind Chandler Morris, who was starting at TCU till he was injured against Colorado, but Braden waited his turn, his sophomore and junior year. And in his senior year, he had a tremendous season and uh, got a scholarship offered to Hawaii. But that's unusual for a quarterback to be that patient. Yeah. And uh, because of the expectations the parents have and the players, they think if they don't get good film when they're a junior, that colleges aren't going to pay attention to them. Yeah. And yet some of the best players I've had, did not play maybe to their senior year. Or didn't have that great season to their senior year. And the way the games played nowadays in recruiting, if you don't have a good junior sophomore year, uh, you may not get exposed or have a chance for a scholarship. Yeah. And I've had we've had a lot of players walk on at major colleges, and a few of them have earned scholarships.
0: Yeah. No, that's a great point, Coach. And I, I talk about how it, it's sort of a dying thing. This idea of apprenticeship and learning—you know, by being in the right environment and just being patient and then waiting for that opportunity. So I think that's a great. I gave example. you one more example. I don't know yes, if we, sir. Uh,
1: but I had a player, a quarterback that was at a backup role and thought he should be starting and his dad, and he got impatient. They moved to IMG Academy because IMG coach told him that he could start right. when he got there. He got there and they recruited another five-star quarterback. So he wound up sitting on the bench. So he came back and uh, it messed up his opportunity at Holland mm-hmm. park. Cause he was a good yeah. enough athlete to start at another position, Yeah, but he chose to leave. Right, and uh, come back, and wound up getting a baseball scholarship and having a great year. But uh, parents have expectations, and if they don't meet them, and they don't think they're given the opportunity, they're too quick to bail and to go somewhere else and look for other opportunities. <laughs>
0: Coach, you've written a few books, including one titled Coaching Character. What is one of the keys that young players today need to be mindful of?
1: We have six core values, uh, commitment, enthusiasm, mental and physical toughness, uh, integrity, teamwork, and tradition. And I have hand signals for those six core values. And every boy from the seventh grade to the twelfth grade learns those hand signals, learns those six core values, and should be able to define it for you. We're also doing a two-word curriculum that Stephen Mackey does, and it it's it's got a page for the coach, a page for the team, a page for the captains, and a page for families. And I send that to our captains, I send it to our parents uh during the week, and we watch a video of these two-word character lessons that that Stephen Mackey makes, and then we talk about it during the week to our players. Mm. So that's how we're teaching character. We're doing it intentionally. We have a plan. Every week we have a different subject that we're talking about. And we hope that our parents are talking to our players about it when they get home. I meet with our leadership council on Tuesday after practice, and we discuss that. They, these are 12, 13 guys elected by the team to meet with me. And they also go to the, the elementary schools and go to father-son breakfasts and sign autographs for the little boys, and they'll go to the middle school and talk to the middle school players, trying to keep our tradition going and making those little boys dream about being Highland Park Scots.
0: Coach, you've won a lot of awards. The Lifetime Achievement Award from the FCA, why was that something that you highlighted as being so significant for you?
1: Well, the name on it is Grant Taft, and Coach Taft was uh, president of the AFCA, great coach at Baylor. He's in the College Hall of Fame. And uh, Coach Taff and I spoke one FCA conference together. I just think that the reason that award is honoring to me is because of who it was that gave it and and whose name was on it, Grant Taft. What a great man and what a great legacy he's left for high school coaches or college coaches. And, you know, you you hope that the way you live your coaching career, that people will see that your faith and they'll see why that you care about players. And when you get recognized, it's it's such an honor. But my wife had so much to do with my career. Yeah. Uh, you know, I want to honor her when I got the award. It was at the AFCA convention in Nashville, I think, and coach staff presented it. And uh, I was just really honored because of who he is and what he represents.
0: Coach, you have a heart to help others. Share one way in which you help and serve other people well
1: right off the top of my head i we had a guy receiving punts the other night Uh, he was a young guy we got ahead so we put some of our young players in and he dropped a punt and i could remember back when i was in high school and i was starting as a sophomore and i was a punt return i dropped a punt and the coach put me right back in the game to give me a chance to get some confidence so i put this boy back in the game to give him some confidence And then I got him in the weight room and I said, still, I I dropped a punt my first time when I was a punt returner as a sophomore. And my coach put me right back in the game to give me confidence. I said, this is what I used to do when I was receiving punts. I used to put my elbows together because the only way you can drop a punt is it goes through your elbow. So I always pop my elbows together. And I would say, I can do all things through Christ. who strengthens me in my mind before they punt it. And that's the routine that I had to give me confidence. And I said, you know, I was hoping that he would apply that same thing when he returns punts. But it's those little conversations that you have during the day that you hope hit home with some player and you hope it has an impact on
0: Yeah. Coach, last two questions for you. What's one message you have for youth sports parents today?
1: let them have fun. Don't get so involved or try to live your life through your son or let them play and have fun and, and don't force them to do something they don't want to do. Just let them enjoy it and then be there. Talk to them about how important it is to be a part of a team and don't correct them all the time.
0: That's great advice. And coach, what's one message you try to instill in kids who look up to you? Well, what a great sport we have,
1: and our thought is leave it better than you found it. So we always want to leave our football program better than we found it, and you do that by commitment and giving your total effort and being the best you can be when you're called on. you know, being at your best when your best is needed, I guess, and uh, I hope these little boys, I try to watch them play, but I, I hope they dream about being not only great football players like Matthew Stafford, but men of character who turn out to be great businessmen, turn out to be great dads, turn out to be great husbands. And I've got, because I've been here 24 years, I've got some players, former players who have sons that play for me. So I'm I'm getting to see the whole cycle.
0: Wow. Now, Coach, what's that like?
1: Well, it's uh, reassuring that what you're doing is important because you see those dads coaching their sons and, and enforcing the same type of character that you're, you're trying to encourage.
0: Yeah. Well, Coach Allen, thank you so much for your generosity of time and wisdom. All the best of luck rest of the season and into the future.
1: All right. Thank you, Sean.
0: Thank you so much for tuning into this episode of Winning Is Not Everything. Please make sure to like the podcast and subscribe to the podcast so you can immediately get the latest episode. If you have any questions or comments, please visit my website, SeanKJensen.com and go to the contact page. You can even leave me a voice recording. And of course, I want to thank my presenting sponsor, TeamSnap, the go-to must-have app in youth sports. Winning is not everything, but the three H's to be a real hero in life are hustle, humility, and heart. I'm your host, Sean Jensen, and we'll see you again next time.